Welcome, everyone, to the Worker's Mic right here on 720 WGN, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. My name is Ken Edwards. Sitting to my left today is Ed Maher. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, afternoon. Good afternoon. We're going to talk about that in a second. Yes. And sitting to my right is Phil Davidson. Hello, Phil. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. And why do we say good afternoon? Because it's the afternoon. Yeah, it's Friday afternoon. It's a special day. What's special about it? Uh, we're in a very special location today. We're at Cafe Beyond. Yeah. All right. right. Can we hear it for Cafe Beyond? How about it? That's all the employees of Cafe Beyond giving some love. <laughs> Every clap gets a dollar. That's right. That's right. That's right. But no, we're broadcasting from Cafe Beyond today. We're at 1924 South State Street. Uh, special location, very uh, popular union location. Absolutely. And they've welcomed us in to do uh, our first live event. Yeah, what could go wrong? Um, live and beer? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no, nothing. Yeah, there's nothing that can go wrong with this show. Thank God we're recorded. So yeah. by the time you listen to this, uh, millions of listeners on the workers' mic, it will be have edited down to sound like we're sober. I think so. There's a sober button on here. <laughs> That's are a special you, uh, button. Are you picturing the audience in their underwear like you're supposed to do? Oh, yeah. No. Uh, because you know why? It makes it's a you bu- less nervous. It's a bunch of union guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of union guys, I want to throw in, we're talking about Cafe Bianda. If you come into Cafe Bianda uh, anytime, not today, but another day, mention you're a worker's mic listener and you'll get a free appetizer on Cafe Bianda. It's actually on Ken. They're running a tab that's going to Ken. So if you like us, Come do it because you like us, and if you hate us, do it just to run up Ken's tab. Spend Ken's money. Well, spend Ken, Ken's money. Ken happened to win several squares in the pool, uh, so Wait a Ken, second. yeah, I'm flush. That's with, a first. It's absolutely a first. So we got a couple of things to get to. Uh, we have a, an excellent, excellent guest uh, coming in, um, in in a few minutes, and that's Gary McLaughlin, right? Kevin. Uh, Kevin, sorry. That's right. I said Gary because Gary is uh, the who former. Yeah, so shout out to Gary Parner who was uh, promoted. But Kevin's coming in to say hello. He's from the Carpenters. Yes. Um, and then we're going to have Stu Clark from Premise Health. He's going to come in and talk to us as well. But before we get to that, um, there's been some news in labor. And uh, before we get to that, I have a question for, for both of you guys. Yeah. Or for anybody that's listening in this room. Have you ever heard the term uh, like a boss? I have. Right? Yeah. Like, have you heard this term? I have. I don't do anything like a boss, but I've heard <laughs> the term. Popular with the young kids. Yeah. It is, but it's like like a boss, or the sauce is the boss, or Uber had this thing, right? It's like, uh, earn like a boss. Okay. I, just, I just think it's a misnomer, and here's why. All right? How about, like, uh, live like a worker? You know, there's no, none of us are, like, bosses. You know what I mean? Not and, really. And, and without, without, okay, without the worker bees, there would be no live like a boss. Right, I think you're offending the bosses that are in attendance. But no, you're you're 100. You mean the right. union bosses? <laughs> oh, um, good no, point. Cover your ears, <laughs> earmuffs. Well, but no. I, the, the point is that in the vernaculars, hey, live like a boss, be like a boss, 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 boss. There'd be no bosses if there wasn't the worker bees, right? Well, that's for sure. But this type of thing, I think, is why when they try to pass uh, taxes on people that make over a million dollars a year, you have people earning minimum wage standing up for them uh, yeah, because they right. think, well, I'm, I'm going to be a boss yeah, someday. Yeah, so, that's living like a boss. You know the only boss that is, I think, earned that title, and that's uh, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Right? He's the boss. Are you a fan? Uh, yes, of course I'm a fan. All right, I didn't know I'm, that. I'm American, Ed. How about, how about stick it to the man? Is that still stick applicable to, Stick it to the man? Not, we don't really, is it, I feel like that's a do, 60s do, or 70s Do we need thing. a more, like, general, gender neutral? Stick it to the them? Stick it to the them? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a good point. I, I, don't haven't, know. I haven't thought about that. <laughs> So in other news, um, Starbucks, which we talk about ad nauseum, and we bash Starbucks uh, relentlessly. Yes, we do. But Starbucks uh, Union, their 
Starbucks Workers United, I think is what it's called, have seemed to have made a breakthrough. And the breakthrough is Starbucks has agreed graciously to come to the bargaining table. And on top of that, as a showing of goodwill, they're giving um, the unionized Starbucks workers the raises that they withheld from them. Really? Yes, for a couple years now. So they must have been listening to our show. They're obviously listening to the show. Yeah, I think we've there's been a, a, advocating that for months now. Phil had some strong words for the I Starbucks really effects did. last I week, really so did. no I heard. coincidence. I think that uh, there is. Um, I think the tide is kind of turning on these companies that are breaking their unions or hiring union busters or pretending, you know, outwardly to be progressive. Right? Yeah. Uh, we're 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 progressive. We're Trader Joe's. But we're not. Our, yeah. our members can you know our uh, employees can wear Hawaiian shirts. Woo-hoo! You know, <laughs> yeah, right. it's just it's ridiculous. So anyway, so Starbucks allegedly is coming to the table and are going to give some money back to those that they withheld and negotiate a pathway towards a, a fair contract. I, I'm not going to hold my breath. Uh, we'll see, but you know what? It's a step in the right direction. It's better better than a stick in the eye, but I think that's right. to be seen. And I will say this to Starbucks workers and Starbucks Workers United and anybody that's listening, you know, and now I'm talking directly to the union. Hey, Starbucks Workers United, ask for a pension, okay? As a matter of fact, don't ask for it. Demand it. Well, right? Demand a pension. Demand retiree health insurance. Demand free health insurance. Demand the clinics like the building trades are putting up. That's right. right. Take, take your demands and don't just say, you know, we want a 3% raise and uh, we want four yeah. personal days and, you know, all this kind of nonsense. Yeah. You know, shoot for the moon because, number one, Starbucks has the money, right? They can afford it. And if you don't ask, you don't get. And don't do the, oh, it's our first contract. We just want to, you know, uh, take a small bite of the apple. Eat the whole apple in one bite. Well, Starbucks is saying now that they're going to negotiate. So if there are Starbucks workers who have been on the fence about doing this or not, here's the reason to do it. Now's the time. Get after it. And talk about, you know, you're talking about uh, unions that have sort of swung for the fences. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw... Um, the Teamsters just settled with Anheuser-Busch. They did. And and they got massive, and I mean massive raises, like raises of $8 and uh, increases in pension and ending two-tier systems and taking advantage of the climate, right? That's fantastic. The, the climate right now is pro-worker. Yeah. And Anheuser-Busch, I think, rightfully so, was afraid to take that strike. And these are the delivery drivers? I think the delivery yeah. drivers and yeah. I, so maybe the production workers as well. Okay. But, you know, Anheuser-Busch had a little problem most recently with a, a beer. I'm not for sure if you're familiar with it called Bud Light. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of controversy around yeah. that beer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I personally am having a one-man quest to make up all of their lost sales. How's that been going? <laughs> it's pretty good. It's halfway like there. 100 beers a day. <laughs> I'm, I'm hammered drunk 24-7, but it's, it's working. You know, Doesn't sound I wanna, bad. I want to give back. But so the, so the Teamsters like, leveraged that and said, hey, listen, you know, you're already you know, in kind of poor favor. We're going to strike you. And how are you going to move your beer, right? Yeah. And so they... It, they called their bluff. and, uh, and Right? Yeah. Super shrewd. Yeah. And, and Anheuser-Busch you know, gave them what they asked for, and they asked for an amazing amount of money, and they got it. And so it just goes to show you that you got to ask, you have to leverage your strength, you got to know when the time is right. All right, listen, we got to take a break. Uh, we're going to be right back with uh, Kevin McLaughlin, um, the new uh, executive secretary treasurer for the Mid America Carpenters Regional Council, right here on 720 WGN. Workers Mike live from Cafe Beyond. You're listening to the Workers Mike. Powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers' Mic on WGN 720. I'm Phil Davidson here with Ken Edwards and Ed Maher. 
We are here live in front of an audience at Cafe Bianda, our first ever show in front of an audience. Move it up, everybody. It's a rowdy place, Kevin. It's very, very <laughs> rowdy. They, yeah, s- they serve beer here. They're swinging from the rafters. And by the way, we got before we got a DJ. Yeah, and get up to the DJ. Yeah, what's the, what's your name again? Johnny from Beverly Records. DJ Johnny, everybody. Yeah. DJ Johnny, I love it. Beverly Records down at eleven six twelve Southwestern Avenue down in Beverly. Wow, Ed, that was impressive. Nice. Yeah, done, somebody's got to keep the trains running. Around. There's an actual record store still in existence, and you own it. Do you own it? The family owns it. Okay. It's just like when you're trying to find the owners of Cafe Bianda. Like, I don't even right. know who they are. Whatever. Can we say Thank you're you, on the ones and the hey, twos? Thank the ones you, John, the twos. from Beverly Records. We've got a guest. Shout out. Yes, we have, a, we have an important guest. A very, Sorry. very, 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 very important guest, everybody. Imp- very uh, important to you. It is uh, my pleasure to bring on <laughs> the new Executive Secretary Treasurer of the Mid-America Carpenters Regional Council, Kevin McLaughlin. Welcome, Kevin. All right, Kevin. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you. And, Thank you. and also, uh, the newest board member on the Midwest Coalition of Labor Board, right? You're taking over for Gary, correct? Yes, I am. Oh, yeah. Welcome, welcome. We're, welcome. We're, we're psyched to have you. Kevin, do I call you boss? Do I call you supreme being? Sir. Uh, his you. honor? What do you want me to refer you as? Kevin is fine. Kevin is fine. Okay, got it. <laughs> for now. That's right. <laughs> Just trying to keep my job, everybody. But uh, Kevin uh, is a longtime member of Carpenters Local 10, 39-year member. And uh, today is his officially first day as Executive Secretary Treasurer. How about another round of applause for this man? All right. First day as the boss. So today is your first day. Today. Today. It's official today. That's pretty awesome. So, uh, yeah, a big get for us. And, uh, Kevin, yeah, if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about your background, how you became a carpenter, how you get involved with the union, all that that fun stuff. You know, know, I started through the apprentice program uh, back, started in 84. Uh, so it'll be, I'll be 40 years in May. Wow. 40 year member wow. in May. God bless you. Uh, got into the union. My brother was, I had a brother, my brother Brian was a union carpenter. Um, I'm the youngest of nine and a uh, good Southside Irish family. Yes. God bless um, your parents. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's really how I got introduced to Intuit. You know, I always loved working with my hands, working with tools. Did it at home, you know, and uh, union background, I mean, uh, union family. You know, my father was a union plumber. My mother was in the teachers' union. Um, multiple siblings were in different unions, and it just that was what how we were raised. Yeah, it comes from good stock. Yeah. So when did, like when did you go to the apprentice? Did you go right out of high school? Uh, about a year out. I was nineteen. Okay. And you just went straight through, and never looked back. Never looked back. No college loans. No, I did. A, I did a semester of college. I uh, didn't want to. Did it for mom. Fair <laughs> yeah, enough. Right. <laughs> but 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 no college debt. Right. No. No. Um, how old were you when you bought your first house? I was 25. How do you like that? Yeah, right? Yeah. 25. And that's when interest rates were what? Like a million percent back then? No, it wasn't that bad. Actually, I'm going to say around seven. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was right before we got ma- me and my wife got married. Oh, is that right? And you raised the family? Three children. Yeah. All on a carpenter's wage. Yeah. All brilliant children, I might add. <laughs> yes. Take it easy, Phil. No, yeah, they're they're the the we know he's your boss. <laughs> yeah, just, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Pipe down from the peanut gallery, all right? All right, sorry. Jesus. Oh, one of them's like a computer engineer. He's goes up. astrophysicist. Astrophysicist, oh, wow. right? Okay. I I That's how I smart he is. Corrected. Yeah. Oh, well. Phil wasn't kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. My I'm mistake. Kidding. I'm not even sure what an astrophysicist does. You don't want to know. I, I, don't, I don't either. Okay, you yeah, don't have good time enough. to explain it. They're all brilliant. Yeah. 
whatever you want. But anyway, so, so then okay, yeah. so let's keep going. So you become an apprentice, right? You start working your way up, and you come from what, what local was it? Local ten. And where are they out of? Uh, originally uh, on the south side, on 50, 56 in Pulaski. Okay. Now we're in Bridgeview. Our offices in Bridgeview. Okay. And what was your part of the trade? Like I know uh, in uh, Carpenter Land, you have different. I started in residential. Okay. Did residential for a lot of years, and then I moved over to commercial. And then I actually started working at McCormick Place. And, oh, and, yeah. And that's how I ended up into the working in the trade show industry. So yeah. McCormick Place, for those of you that uh, are, are listening from out of state or uh, elsewhere, is is Chicago's um, convention, convention, center, center, convention right? center, right? And it's, it's enormous. Is Country's it the largest in the U.S.? Largest in the yeah. U.S. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely yeah. enormous. They have the auto show there and the home show and all these kind of shows. And, I mean, that was a, that's a coveted job, is it not? It is. It, it, it you know, it, 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 it's a different, unique industry. Why is that? And, and, uh, there's no weekends. Um, you, oh, that's right. It's it's very you know you you have to be committed in that regard. You yeah, know, you might work Around some overtime, but but then you'll be off a couple of days during the week. Oh, so you're off during the week while your you know kids are in school and your family's not really around, and you're working on the weekends, right? Shows, because that's yeah. when the shows are. Yeah. So you're you're spending time away from your family as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And how long did you do that, Kevin? Uh, up until well, I, and that, I was different aspects. I've had different roles. I was a business rep in Local Ten for a little while uh-huh. in the '90s, and then I went back down there. I was the head steward at McCormick Place for the for the trade shows for from what '99 until about 2007, and I came back into the local as a as a business representative. And, and during the during that time, was was there? I mean, it was tough, right? Because a lot of uh, you know, I don't remember who it was that was complaining, but people that work uh, came to put conventions on here in Chicago would complain about work rules and and the pay that the unions were getting, and you know they were just screaming bloody blue murder, yeah. and they had all these horror stories about you know you can't touch a wire or all this kind of nonsense. I've always thought it was blown out of proportion. Very much so. Yeah. A lot of that was stuff that went on in the seventies, eighties, and things had changed over the years. Things would always progressively change. Um, and yeah, we worked through it all. And it, it, like I said, the people that, the, the men and women down there that work in the industry, um, everyone thinks they make this, you know, when you see what they're, what they're being billed. Yeah. Is not what the people doing the work are making. Yeah, they're of hard course. workers, man. Absolutely. And if, the, if there's no, if there's no, con- no convention or nothing to do, are you working still? Or no. Well, pan- during the pandemic, it was right. closed down for almost two years. I mean, so you're the whole industry nationwide. Yeah. So, like anything else, like construction, especially, like you're not working, you're not getting paid. No, no. Right. So people think like, oh, exactly what you just said. Like, oh, they work at the convention center. They must make millions of dollars, and they're rich. And but it's not the case at all. No. And we just went for a couple of years where nobody was working. Right. Right. right? But the union had their backs there and all that. Yeah. You know, we paid their dues. We extended their uh, insurance credits so they can receive their health insurance, even though they weren't working as much. It Is was, that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We took care of them. And then, and Kevin also, in addition to working there, now prior to becoming our new executive secretary treasurer, was the trade show representative for the entire international union. Like, he was the guy you talked to for trade show contracts for any trade show in the country. For, well, for the carpenters. For the carpenters, Across the country. Yeah, I, yeah. I was a, the national rep. Um, I was the department for the trade show industry. <laughs> you were much. Much. Oh, you department, department of one? Yes. Yeah. It's like Phil is your communications department. <laughs> you got to get at least one person in there that you can blame things on. Yeah, right. So. Yeah. But no, I don't know. You know, like I worked with, obviously worked with local reps in every city that, that 
that we do the work in. And yeah. it's, it's mixed, and every city's different, right? But we, we negotiate contracts and, and deal with grievances and things like that. So when did you come back on to, was it the Chicago Regional Council when you came back? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Back. And then it merged, obviously, and you guys changed Mid America. Yeah. Um, and so you were, before you were promoted, what was your position there? I was assistant to the yeah. EST. Okay. Assistant to Gary and then the International Trade Show rep. Yeah. Got it. I was both. Dual. I actually yeah. had dual roles then. Yeah. Are you a. Double threat. A, like you have an. You're. you're uh, it's not a local. You're the Mid America Council. Regional Council. Your council is 50,000 members. 53. 53. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Whoa. Sorry. 53. And growing, by the way. Right. I mean, that's an enormous job to step into. Yes, it is. Are you nervous? No pressure. I'm serious. A little bit of everything. Yeah, I don't don't blame you. Absolutely. Um, You learn from the best, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you got big shoes to fill, right? I started. I started as a delegate under George Vest, so I've been around for a few presidents, ESTs. The titles changed. Sure. And George Vest was around for thirty years. From the late late sixties to the early nineties. Yeah. Right around nineteen ninety one. Yeah. He was a legendary. Uh, Executive Secretary, Treasurer of our union. So, any big like uh, moves or plans, or are you guys going to continue? I know you do a ton of work, and we've talked about this, Kevin, on, on the show for for a long time. What I think uh, is really impressive about what you guys do is you go after wage theft. Right. You guys go after car, uh, contractors that are not paying wages. And there was just an article again. You know, this is this conversation that's happening all the time about unscrupulous contractors that are paying under the table, or they're not paying fringe benefits, or they're not paying into, which has a downward effect on the community. Well, right? and, they're, and they're not paying taxes. That's right. exactly the tax right. Tax fraud is a big part of it. it. Absolutely. Us all. And yeah. you know, you guys are you guys are nailing them, and not just for a union carpenter, but for a non-union carpenter, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. And, and you guys are going to continue doing oh, that? We're gonna, we're, we have a lot of programs that are in place, and Gary, Gary put these programs in place, and he put the team in place yeah. that I've inherited. Right. Um, tremendous team of people. I mean, it, it, it's the strongest council that we, that in the brotherhood that we have. And, and we have Amen. A deep, we've always had a deep bench here to begin with, yeah. and it, it just shows you where we're at. And I've, like I said, I've worked all over the country. What we have in the Midwest is there's nothing comparison. Well, it's like we said, and I think you're right about that, and I'm glad you said it in front of everybody. You know, the Chicago labor, Chicago land labor in the Midwest, I mean, that is it's a stronghold here, right? And, and if the rest of the country would do what we did and organize, right, and fight, and fight back and push and have radio shows and have a coalition and open doctor's offices and, not and do no everything, an not take yeah. no for an answer, right? And go after them and get yeah. aggressive and sue them and bring them to court and, you know, do everything that we're doing, the labor movement would be in a better place, yes. right? And I'm hoping that oh, yeah. that emulates. What you guys are doing, I think, is impressive, and I'm always fascinated about it because I'll go around now to various parts of the country, and I'll be in, you know, Illinois. Drive up and down Illinois, and just use the operators for example. There's 30 locals, you know, or 20 plus locals, or whatever it is. You guys are consolidating power. Yes. Right, and you know, it makes sense. Corporations are consolidating, right? Why shouldn't labor? And Less so, than the overhead. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, listen, uh, I appreciate your coming. Yeah, uh, um, absolutely. And, uh, we'll have you on again soon. Especially we'll on, on, your, on your first day. Yeah, <laughs> coming in. And if you, and if, and might I say he did a fantastic job. Who did? My boss. 
Shut up. <laughs> Unbelievable. Cut his mic. Unbelievable. This Thanks, guy, Phil. This guy. <laughs> hey, listen. Um, so we'll be back. And, and by the way, Kevin, uh, there's an open tab here uh, under Phil's, Phil Davidson. Just put that under there. So feel free to have 30 beers. That's my um, stage name. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, we, uh, we're going to be right back. We're going to have Stu Clark from Premise Health come on um, and uh, uh, talk more about uh, the Workers' Mic and a bunch of stuff. But uh, really, congratulations and thanks for coming on your first day. It's, Thank it's you. really badass. And uh, we're, we're happy to have you. And uh, uh, we'll be right back with more of the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN, live from Cafe Beyond. Uh, um, we are super stoked to have with us uh, one of our main sponsors, actually, um, and that is Stu Clark. She's the CEO of Premise Health, correct? That is correct. Hey, guys. Welcome back, Stu. Welcome, Stu, front of the show. Yeah, thank you so much for coming back, especially on a day like today. Hey, I love this. Thanks for having me. It's, it, you like, you're okay talking to, in a bar in front of uh, a bunch of uh, union guys? You know, I feel at home, actually, Ken. <laughs> yeah. three, three rowdy hours in a bar, we might need an expert in healthcare. so we're glad to have you here. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. There's a, there's a shot that came out called Smart Shot, and it's supposed to take your alcohol level and in one hour, drop at 0.08%. They're, start, they're selling it in Vegas in the casinos. Do you know anything about this? No, but why would you want to do that? It's a really good question. I don't know. Maybe you've had to drive home. I'm looking know. for the one that increases it by some amount every hour. <laughs> well, that's called beer. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Never, uh, I, I don't know who would use that. Why would you want that? I'm not sure, but they're selling it in Vegas. Is it just a pass I think it's, a breathalyzer? Or is no, it, no. I think it's like... It uh, actually lowers your blood alcohol That's level? what it says. Maybe it's like okay. a Narcan for alcohol. Oh. I think you're exact. Anyway, I ordered a couple of boxes. I'll let you know how it goes. That's quite an introduction you got there, Stu. Also known as O'Doul's. Yeah. Oh, or just don't drink. How about that? Right. And for the record, Stu, <clears throat> because Stu said, I'm looking forward to being here. And I said, if you see me with a beer, feel free to confiscate it. And Stu said, I would never do that. I, I would. Well, I, mean, I, would, I would do that. I don't know if your listeners can see the difference in our size, Ken, but no. If you oh, want a beer, you yeah. can have a beer. <laughs> Thank you. So, all right. Anyway, Stu, you are from West Virginia. Yes, sir. And you have an interesting background, right? Tell us a tiny little bit about it. Well, uh, I'm an eighth generation West Virginian. Wow. So we were there before the state split. Wow. Uh, coal mining, mostly, on both sides of my family. Yep. Uh, grandfather returned from World War II, met his nine-month-old nine daughter, who is my mother. Wow. And the next thing he did was go down to the Union Hall and sign up with the UMWA. I love it. And he was a miner for 43 years and retired with the same company. That's awesome. Yeah. Back when you could do that, right? Back when you could do that. And so you took a, a how do you say it? Circuitous. Circuitous. Circuitous path back into the labor world. And so you're CEO of Premise Health. And tell us just briefly, like, what's Premise Health? Premise Health provides primary care on-site or near-site for large organizations, in this case, unions. The key here is we cut out the middleman. We cut out the health plan. We cut out the pharmacy benefit management company. Uh, we get paid directly, in this case, by the union fund. We have one mission make the members and their family members healthier. So it's a pretty simple mandate. 
Seems and, pretty common sense, right? And and you, you know, are obviously, you know, Premise is a, a, a sponsor of the show, one of our main sponsors, and you also run uh, the health centers that the operating engineers have Correct. Uh, in, in our entire jurisdiction, and the carpenters right. have, and the electricians, uh, 134, have. And now... Um, how many health centers do we have under the auspices of the Midwest Coalition of Labor? Uh, we have five right now that are open and running, fully staffed, and they're quite popular with your membership. And it is, it's like you said, it's, it's direct care. You, you said this to me once a, a long time ago, and it always stuck with me. You know, when we, did, uh, when we were looking for partners, right, to, to partner with, uh, to open these doctor's offices and open these clinics and near sites, et cetera. Um, at that point, Stu, this is pre-COVID, there were, the, the field was a lot bigger, was it not? It was. There were probably about 10 companies yeah. doing what we do. And so probably five, six, seven uh, submitted RFPs, and then we whittled it down. But you said, and I just remember this, you said that we're here to disrupt healthcare. Correct. Right? And, and why? Do you think it's broken? Does it need disrupting? Explain that statement. Yeah, it's, it's completely broken. Uh, we have a system that is so compartmentalized and so confusing and so driven, uh, we've lost sight of the fact that this patient has no idea where to go when they need certain types of care. I compare it to being in a rowboat in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, no sail, no motor, no oars. That's what a patient is when they need to get uh, complex health care. That's com- on the complex side. If you need basic care, primary care, you can't get in to see anybody. That's right. Right. And if you're delivering primary care in the right fashion, that primary care team is helping your member and their family navigate, get to the right specialist, get to the right hospital for the condition that they have. So, in a nutshell, basically, it's the antithesis of going to the doctor who, you know, and I'm sure everybody... You get to see for five minutes. If, right. if, if that, if Bill, that. right? Yeah. You see the nurse practitioner. First you see somebody that takes your blood pressure and does all that, and then yeah. you see the nurse practitioner, and she'll talk about it, and then she'll look at your chart. And then the doctor come, will come in, but I swear to God this is true, and I think, Ed, you coined this phrase, doorknob medicine. I got that from my good friend Tom Bernstein, but yeah, it's uh, a door hanger they're, medicine. They're, they're, like they're literally, their hand is on the door. Right. Hey, hey, Ken, how you feeling? Well, I, doctor, I'd like to, that sounds great. I'll see you in three weeks, yeah. you know, or whatever it is. Well, look, this gets back to the misalignment. So you come in for an earache, yeah. the doc is going to look in your ear, write you a script, and then they're hanging on the doorknob, right? Right. What our doc should be doing is saying, hey, let's just take a few minutes and talk about your lifestyle, your family history, if you know it. Let's talk about what's really going on with Ken at yeah. work and at home, because that's when we start. We can start talking about the underlying conditions. Right. Behavioral health is maybe one of the most dangerous medical conditions in the country right now, and men typically don't like to talk about that's mental for health. Sure. That's for sure. And so, Especially in the trades, right? Yeah. Exactly. Too, uh, too tough to talk, mm-hmm. as we say in the mm-hmm. trades, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we've incorporated that into primary care, and, and that's huge. You know, we're trying to take the stigma away from it. It seems like an opportunity, especially right now, where people are a little bit more open to talking about it. So, yeah. you know, kudos yeah. for the work you've done on it. And well, yeah. It's meant a lot to our members. And not only that, I mean, let's, so, let's, so there's the altruistic part of it. But let's talk about the financial aspect of it, right? Because there is a financial 
in, in my humble opinion, benefit, and I think is, it's starting to be borne out, to having our own clinics for our own members that our families can go see and the members can go see, and here's why. You just said a guy comes in, he has an earache, but you might want to talk about, hey, you got a high blood pressure, or maybe you want to go down the hall and see our behavioral health specialist. And, and we can get in front of things that otherwise a doctor wouldn't bother to. That's right. Right? And, you know, how does a surgeon make money? He performs surgery. Right. Right? And so if you're getting in front of these things and you're catching the early heart diseases and the, and the early cholesterols and getting pre- people pre-diabetes and can manage that, well, guess what that does for the fund? It saves us money. Does it not? Uh, look, it, we spend $4 trillion every single year in this country on health care. It's one-fifth of our, our, of our country's output. And we have a very unhealthy population with its health <laughs> right. dropping precipitously. Yeah. And, and union funds and employers and the taxpayer have to keep footing the bill for 5 10 15% increases every year. And we're not getting anything for it. Right. And so our view is uh, deliver high-quality care, be aligned with the payer. And by the way, there are only three payers in this country, the taxpayer, the employer, and the union. Right. That's it. Right. So do, contract directly with the payer, do what's right by the patient and their family. They get healthier. In this case, the union saves money. Everybody wins. Yeah. Does, does the 80-20 rule still apply where, like, is it 20% of a population accounts for 80%? of the healthcare spend, roughly? It, it, it's probably in in that neighborhood, Phil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but th- the system just keeps getting more and more expensive. So yeah. the redundancy of uh, MRIs, the redundancy of labs, the fact that doctors don't talk to one another, the fact that you have four docs writing scripts for you, yeah. and none of them are talking. You know, well, and it's too, like, you know, and so, obviously, you said it. It's a trillion, trillion, bazillion dollar industry. It's all, at the end of the day, based on money, right? Yes. Greed, corporate greed, right? A bunch of, there's a lot of consolidation. Your model, in my opinion, is almost like a union bringing on its lawyers in-house, right? Now they work for us. They're on salary. Like, the doctor that works for uh, our clinic... They're on a salary. Yes. They make what they make. They don't make the, uh, I need to see 45 patients today, right? I need to, I have to hit this bell, bells and whistles, benchmarks, right? They make what they make. Yeah. And, and let me take it a step further, Ken, if I could. If that doc uh, does not improve the health of the population that he or she is charged with, yeah. and if those members don't have a good experience with that doc, um, we probably need to part ways because that's all part of it. That's a good point. Well, the way the company works, I mean, your providers aren't standing there trying to look for, you know, a list of opportunities of, like, we could run this test, this test, this test. It's not about bringing money into the group or bringing money into the company. It's finding ways to get people healthy, which I think anybody who goes to a doctor's office would agree. I mean, that's what they want. Right. So they're serving serving the patients, serving the union members. Our our provider teams, our clinical teams know that when Ed walks in the office, that we Big better way. be asking every question in the playbook to Ed to make sure that we're getting a sense of where is his health now and where is it going. And then we're going to talk to you about more than your runny nose. And I have a runny nose. I'm a model of perfect health still. I know. I'm sitting right next to you, Ed. You look good. Thank you. Strapping. <laughs> So you, uh, all right, so... And, and the clinics do serve as primary care. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, as well, for, for members who come in. Pr- primary care as it was intended. Right. Which means right. take care of the family, take care of the whole person. Yeah. I mean, why, why do you separate mental health and physical health? 
cues. You, you hurt your body because what? of what's going on in your head. Why do you separate dental from medical? The teeth exactly. are part of your body. Those are luxury bones. They're not teeth. They're luxury bones. <laughs> you know, nobody told you to chew. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. You, so you so you have this, and then you talked about uh, some of the the I don't know your competitors, if you will. And you know, I'm familiar with them. Nothing bad to say uh, about anybody or any company. People choose who they choose. You guys are a great partner. How many clinics do you guys have throughout the country? We have just under 900. Wow. Yeah. 900. Yeah. How many do we have? <laughs> uh, not, not enough. Not a- <laughs> That's always the right hey, answer. We need one on the south side, by the way. I, I, we certainly do local 399. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying. Uh, anything else you want to say? You have brought with you uh, your your counterpart, and I'd be remiss to not give her a quick shout-out. She's not paying attention, but Tammy Damiani. Tammy, we've got Dan Reese, who keeps the trains running on time. Poor Dan had to follow me around at one of your conferences and watch me get drunk. (laughs) I think I missed that conference. That's a dirty job right there. That's hard to miss. You know, Ken, one thing I'd like to say to you all is it is such a pleasure to work in a scenario where the trustees of the union fund have the best interest of their members and families in mind. Uh, that is a unique dynamic that, d- that does not exist outside of a union fund and its membership. And for us to be aligned in our mission around the member, I mean, it's, it's a real honor, and it's a lot of fun, quite frankly, to work yeah, with you all. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Uh, I want to say I love you, man. All right? You can say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm it's talking to Stu, not you. I know that. I'm just giving you permission. <laughs> I love you too, Ken. <laughs> I love you, Ed. <laughs> Listen, I've had enough. <laughs> I love you. I love you, Dan. And while Let's I'm talking up, about fellas. this, uh, all right. I love I, you guys too. I'm just kidding. I I, I, I like Ben. Ouch. Yeah. Ben, I don't know if Ben likes you back. Uh, ben okay. hates. I don't think Ben likes anybody. All right, listen, Stu. Thank you for coming. I really appreciate. It. We really appreciate it. the workers. Mike appreciates it. Every everything that you're doing for labor and premises is, is doing. Uh, I I think it's fantastic. I have preached your gospel every place I go. Um, and I've talked to other unions around the Midwest, and they said, you know, what you guys are doing is fantastic. And we wish that we could get involved. And I was like, it's pretty simple. You can. Pick up the phone and call Tammy. Yeah. She'll make it happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And literally, it is that easy. Get together and do it. So anyway. Well, we, we appreciate the yeah, No, Thank it's you. awesome. Um, we got to take a, a quick break, and then we're going to come back and, and wrap up uh, the show at uh, Cafe Beyonda um, right here on 720, The Worker's Mic. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to The Worker's Mic right here on 720 WGN, recorded in front of a live audience today at Cafe Bionda. Yeah, all right. Give it up once more. Thank you. And thank you so much, uh, Cafe Bionda, for letting us record here. Uh, we're going to stick around. We're going to record a bunch of segments after this. We're going to give away a whole bunch of stuff. I'm going to start drinking. It's going to be really fun. All bets and, are off. And all bets are going to be off. We have Ron Whittingham sitting to our left here. Ron, welcome. Thanks for uh, uh, getting this whole thing done. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a great day. Thanks a lot, Ken. Yeah, we've had a really good time. So, Ron, tell us, you are uh, also the main sponsor of the Workers' Mic. Yep. And quite frankly, but for you, we wouldn't be sitting here today. You actually introduced us to WGN. That's great. Yeah, I know. Thank you. How long long has it been now? It's been a It's been a year and change, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and there was the over under um, that we wouldn't last more than thirty days. Like yeah, thirty days. There was literally like an over under. Like either you're going to get sued, which 
It's probably still going to happen. Yeah. Right? Um, or you're just going to say something terrible, and then you're going to get yanked from the air. And so, so far, that has not happened. We beat the odds. Let's find some wood. <laughs> Knock on wood. Yeah. So we'll see how, let's put it this way. We'll see how the second half of the show goes. Because <laughs> there's still time for all of that stuff that I just mentioned to happen. Oh, boy. We so, did sign that contract, though, right? Yeah, we got to okay. sign it quickly. So, all right, here's the deal. Ron, wait in here. You are uh, part owner, right? One of, is it one of two? Of two, of Financial? Two, two of us. Two of us, yeah. Okay, yep. And uh, Megan Financial, and tell us who you are and what you guys do. Yeah, so we're a unique financial planning firm, and what we do is we advise and educate union members on their benefits. And that's it. That's your niche. Tip. Union members. Yep. Building trades predominantly? Most, I mean, yeah, uh, mostly building trades. We got started with Local 134. Yes. Been doing that for about 30 years. 134 electricians. IBW out of Local 134 yep. uh, out of Chicago, yep. yes. And what we do is our firm goes into the halls, into the union halls. We uh, do retirement seminars. We educate them on what their benefits are, when to take spousal benefits, uh, when to take Social Security, when to take, um, you know, how Medicare integrates with their health insurance. And uh, we show them what their, what their income is going to be in retirement. You know, there's... A lot of financial anxiety about retirement. You know, you've been working every day for your whole life, and all of a sudden, can I make it on retirement? And we take that anxiety away. And I think people struggle to understand the programs that they have access to, even you know, union members. So you take that away, you understand um, you know, all the things that they have. Whereas if they go into a, a retail retirement uh, you know, setting, they don't know what to do with a pension. They don't know what a you know, defined uh, you know, contribution, health care savings is, but you do. Yeah, I mean, only 4% of Americans have defined benefit plans. 4%. 4%. Imagine so, that? Yeah. You wouldn't think that in Chicago. I mean, everybody 100% knows. of people in this room have it. <laughs> yeah, right. right? Yeah, what are we doing wrong? Think yeah. for me. Good yeah. for them. I don't have one. But, but, oh, you don't? No. You, uh, somebody should be negotiating on your behalf. There you go. I got a card for you to sign after this is done. <laughs> uh, so, new but, client, but, but, but I, I will say this, and, and you're right. I know because I've actually watched you do it. You know, you can explain things in layman's terms that people can understand. And I've also watched you go like, hey, uh, how much are you making a week? I'm making this. Well, here's your number when you retire. And, and I've watched people say like, wait a second. I can literally make more money at retirement than I'm making today. Like, yeah, you're actually leaving money on the table. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, a, like a shock and awe moment. <laughs> it's, uh, I had no idea that I could actually stop working and make more money. And, uh, Just but don't, it's, don't tell my wife I stopped working, but, you know, I'm going to pull that pension. Yeah. No, working overtime, honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I've watched Ron, and, and I've watched Ron's uh, company and, and, his, and his folks do it. It is really... Uh, it's unique, right? You're not like an investment banker or you're not in this to make a trillion dollars or, you know, buy a jet plane or whatever. You guys are a part of the working class, you know, in, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't we don't have account minimums. I mean, every financial firm that you hear on the TV or on the radio does, we don't. So we help everybody. So we our, our, our niche is the mass affluent, mostly building trades, working class people. Right. And, and we're lucky in, with the unions because the... The financial planning end of it's done for us because the the benefits are built for the participant. All we really have to do is educate them on what those benefits are and how to enhance them and maximize them and make sure they get all of them. You know, and I think what you know, one of the things that we we started to learn this in as we're building the MCL, and I didn't know it. You know, you don't know what you don't know, and you are one of the people that have helped me um, along with uh, uh, Voya Financial. Uh, and Coker Insurance Group and some of these people that are smarter than me um, is the, the wealthy have transferred wealth for years, 
right? Tax-free. And they know every loophole in the world. And here's the middle class. We're just kind of going along, right? Getting by. Getting by. We have no financial literacy. Like, we just don't understand this stuff. And we're starting, like, when I, when I found out that life insurance was tax-free, I never knew that. Yeah. I had no idea, right? We had a death benefit. It was, it was taxable. Yeah. But turns out life insurance is tax-free. I found out from Nick Cortese, uh, our union legal services, that if you put your house and your property in a trust, and it's there for five years in Illinois, that that transfers to your kids tax-free. And the stuff that you guys do you know, helps us to not only maximize our benefits, but to understand what they have understood for decades and you know, generations, and that is how to transfer wealth. We don't know that we're starting to learn this. So the financial literacy piece of it, because you go out and you, you know, you're, you kind of short-shrifted yourself a little bit. You go out and you do seminars. Right? I've seen you speak. You'll speak to retirees, to apprentices, to unions, to help people retire. I mean, you're teaching them how to do all this stuff, correct? Yeah, and we have a boots-on-the-ground approach, right? So we'll, we'll do those seminars. We go to their homes. Our advisors sit with the family and work that plan for them. So it's very touchy-feely, unlike everything's over the phone now or over yeah, the Internet or over sure. an app. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. we're, we're actually sitting there, Personal so it's very touch, sticky. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's, it's great. Approach. So listen, we we got to be wary of our time. we got to wrap this up. Um, but I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Cafe Beyond. Uh, yeah, thanks um, for coming uh, out. 19, 1924 South State Street. Come in here for a free appetizer. Mention that your work is Mike. Listener, um, I'll be back tomorrow doing that four times. Three <laughs> <laughs> appetizers for lunch. <laughs> Um, but we we got to really wrap this up. But uh, we will be back next week with more of the Workers' Mike right here on 720 WGN. Ron Whittingham, investment executive, 15321 South 94th Avenue, Suite 100, Orland Park, Illinois, 60462, 708-444-1090. Securities and advisory services offered through Satera Advisors, LLC, member FINRA SIPC, a broker-dealer and a registered investment advisor. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. The views depicted on this broadcast are general in nature and are provided for informational use only. The views are not necessarily those of Satera Advisors, LLC. They should not be considered as specific investment or tax advice. All information is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Keep in mind that investing involves risk, including loss of principal. Investment decisions should be based on individuals' own goals, time horizon, and tolerance for risk. Consult your investment and or tax professional regarding your unique situation. The preceding episode of The Worker's Mic was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of The Worker's Mic, visit WGNRadio.com.